Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 15 of Your Eyes O-Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Choroku Sentai O-Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. It's a beautiful it's day out. Aaron. Just took the babies for a walk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice and sunny out. I was going to say, you know, climate change, we're all going to die, but right now... It's like 50 odd degrees in February, so I'm cool. Yeah, climate change is going to kill us all, but it's going to kill Cleveland Blast, so, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Deuces, nerds. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Unless, unless, of course, this is a moment like in, uh, remember in Commando, John Matrix has the guy, uh, Dylan, is like, I'm going to kill you last. (laughs) And then later he says, remember when I told you I was going to kill you last? I lied. I lied. The guy, oh my god! And it's Dude, I haven't seen Commando in so because, long. Because everything in Commando is amazing. Anyway, I hope that climate change does not do that to Cleveland. I yeah, hope it does. Something. I hope it does keep its promise to kill us last. And on that cheerful note, Dave, um, uh, let's get into talking about this episode. But oh, I'm sorry, not talking about the episode yet, because first, of course, as always, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What? is our first Star of the Week. So our first Star of the Week, Matt, it's still the Olympics, actually. We're yep. just... It takes listen, up a lot of mind space. Sorry, guys. Like, it comes around every two years, and then we just talk about it a whole bunch. Here's the deal. Uh, in the five stars, we try to give you a sort of a, a picture of our lives. And right now, uh, I don't have any other things... I don't have many other things, rather, to talk about. Yeah, it's because the Olympics are still on. Uh, I think the closing ceremony is tonight, so I'll be free from their uh, beautiful and chilly embrace um, starting tomorrow. But as yeah. of today, uh, I it's was still definitely hot. still watching stuff right before I came on to record this. So, Team America, uh, t- uh, ladies hockey, won gold. Yes. Congratulations. Very exciting. <laughs> if any of you are listening, if congratulations. Any of you, if you're listening, great job, ladies. And men's curling won gold. Which is very exciting. I love, yeah, I I love think, a curl. I don't think beyond that we uh, America medaled in anything gold this week. No, I don't believe so. There was a lot of sort of like middling medals, which you know what? Listen. Listen, it's uh, more Olympic medals ev- than I've got. So... Everyone counts. Yeah. there was. <laughs> I did see, and I just like cruising around the internet. I did see somebody, presumably a Canadian, post a like, hey, congratulations, American women's hockey and the so the it was like congratulations American women's hockey after uh, after Canada winning it for twenty straight years I guess like you deserve it <laughs> and it was a little like all right buddy you know okay I mean it's nice of you to congratulate them I feel like that maybe wasn't the most gracious way to do it but uh, hey listen uh, Canadians very polite not always nice uh, and before you get mad uh, Matt and I are twenty five percent Canadian. Yeah, so one quarter Canadian, so I, that yeah, means I'm one so, quarter polite. Yeah, <laughs> and you can only be three quarters mad at us for that joke. Uh, but yeah, I don't actually have a lot of other things to talk about the, the Olympics. We've uh, the the closing ceremony has not yet happened. I'll probably be watching it tonight. I'll probably be switching back and forth between watching the Olympics closing ceremony and watching Elimination Chamber because both of those things are happening tonight. Well, uh, I don't know I'm, what that is, but wait, hold up, hold up. There was one more thing. Can we just talk for like a hot second? Can we just talk? Uh, some of the Olympic athletes from Russia were caught for doping, and one of them, yeah, which is lady, insane. The, okay, so so the lady was like a she's on like a ski uh, bobsled team, bobsled I think, and so it's like okay, you like you you did the bad drugs and you got caught for, on your bobsled thing, but the dude was on the curling team. Like, do you need to be super yoked for curling? That just doesn't uh, I don't know, make dude. sense I, to me. I mean, I, I did definitely see the gold medal, gold medal winning American curling team, and those do just look like guys from the bar. I mean, yeah, which is not 100%. to say that cur- like, it's not incredibly difficult to do at that level. I'm just, you know, you don't need to be mega jacked. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't even, I sort of feel like that dude just got caught up in the doping. Like, you're an Olympic athlete. You're from Russia. Like, a doctor is just going to show up and be like, well, here are your shots. Here's your, like, special Russia vitamins. And you're just like, <laughs> I don't even, like, that guy probably was protesting. He's like, guys, I'm in curling. It's don't. And then Russia, you know, in Soviet Russia, the doctor. No, got to give him the full you. Ivan Drago. Yeah. <laughs> Now just I'm just imagining like an Ivan Drago style montage, like montage. but the dude is curling. And so, <laughs> he's just like trying to curl like a giant rock. Uh and the just curling is boulders. like three times the size. Yeah. Oh man. Oh man. Oh, why do we not have that movie? That would have been someday, some beautiful day, Matt. So yeah, uh, Olympics are almost over and then It'll be another two years before you have to act, whap, listen to us like wax poetic on uh, on international athletic competition. Uh, actually, World Cup is this summer. But, uh, Dave, what is our second star of the week? So our second star of the week, Matt, it's been it's been two weeks. We're going to talk. OK, I don't want to talk about it a whole lot, but we I, we got to talk about Black Panther. Oh, we yeah. Because now I've had a, a chance to see it, too. OK, listen, we're not going to dive like super deep into it because I think Black Panther is probably the single most analyzed movie of the last, man, I don't know, decade at least. Uh, Dave, do you mind if I cut in for a second? Yeah, no, please. Uh, you said the exact same thing with the exact same words last week. Well, it's still true, Matt. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just like... So I just um, wanted to... If anyone else was having a deja vu moment... There you go. I did. So, yeah, it is. It's like it's been super analyzed. So, like, we don't need to talk about it a whole, whole lot. Um, so check this out. The school that I teach in is predominantly black. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I are not black. True. Which, you know, maybe you, the listener, knew that. Uh, if you didn't know it, but you assumed we were not black, slightly racist. Why don't you think about that? But, but I mean, but you're right. I mean, you're like right. you nailed it. You, yeah, you got it. Just think about that. Just saying. So anyways, uh, a bunch of the kids on Tuesday took a field trip, like got out of school, took a field trip to go see Black oh, Panther. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah, which like if you haven't seen Black Panther, you might say to yourself like you took a field trip to go watch like a superhero movie. All that tells me is that you haven't seen Black Panther because if you had seen Black Panther, it makes a hundred percent sense. Oh, yeah. To go Dude, see this movie like during school time. Yeah, I know there were a bunch of campaigns to, like, get, like, black kids, like, buy their tickets to go see the movie. I know that people were also setting up uh, voter registration booths outside of it. Dude, that's the most beautiful beautiful thing I've ever heard. That's incredible. Yeah, um, yeah we were actually, so in my AP language class, we were, we just kind of started this unit on politics. And we were reading a different piece uh, by an author named Jamaica Kincaid. It's this really interesting article. And, um, and... We started talking about it, and I was like, okay, actually, has anybody here seen... Because they hadn't seen it yet. Like, it was, this was on, like, a Monday. And I said, has anybody seen Black Panther? And only a handful of kids were like, oh, yeah, I'd seen it. I'm like, all right, well, we're not going to talk about it. But, like, the movie is super relevant to what we're talking about right now. And they're like, oh, my gosh, it's so relevant to this article that this, um, this Antiguan author wrote in, like, the 90s. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and it was just like, man... It's so good. Um, just as a comic book nerd, I thought it was fantastic. Um, oh, yeah. Like, just on the straight-up, like, superhero comic book movie level, uh, it's... It rules. Ma- it, if it's not the best of the Marvel movies, it's probably top three. Yeah, I would say it's top... I would definitely say it's top three. Um, I think the first Guardian of the Galaxy movie has mm-hmm. got to be up there, just because uh. it came so far out of left field and was so sort of, like, fresh and weird and amazing. Yeah, I think Iron uh, Man One has got to be in that same category. I, I, really, I think for the Ragnarok, same reason. Thor Ragnarok. First... Yeah, Thor Ragnarok was pretty fantastic. I I don't think it was as like quite. Man, I don't know. Like it just didn't have the same weight. But I uh, I think Black Panther. If it's not oh the no, best it's, one, it's it's super did not have the same weight. Um, uh, but it was very good. And what I what yeah. I like about the place that the the Marvel universe is in now. Uh, okay, never mind. This is, as much as it sometimes becomes that, this is not actually a Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, podcast. I, right. It's like, a, it's a little bit that, but it's not, that's not our focus. Um, but man, Black Panther was so amazing. Like, everybody in it was incredible. I had, okay, I had one 
I had just like the tiniest, tiniest beef with that. And I'm, it's the it's the one thing I'm going to say. It isn't even a beef. Okay. It was just like a weird question. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, sorry if you haven't seen it, like brief spoilers. At the very end, all right, mm-hmm. um, when, uh, when Shuri is like running out, like, so they've, they've got like the gear, right? And they're running out to fight Killmonger while like Black Panther is like coming in from another spot, right? Mm-hmm. So... Sure, they've they like they run it and they're just wearing like clothes and then they grab the gear and then when they make it to the top of the vibranium mine, Shuri is in like full on she's got like battle makeup on and has and gone under like a full change of clothes. And I just want to know when that happened. Uh, I mean, dude, er, like one of the first scenes of the movie is her saying, oh, yeah, I invented a way to fit all of the Black Panther armor in this like necklace. She probably was just already wearing it in her earrings or something. I don't know, man. Man. OK. Yep. Nope. Great. Thank you. Thank you for clearing that up for me, Matt. It was kind of <laughs> sticking in my craw. Um, and I totally accept that explanation. I'm glad to have solved the one problem you had with this. <laughs> otherwise, that was it. Movie. That was my one thing. So, um. Yeah, I feel dopey like talking about it anymore because like a million people are talking about how incredible it is, but it's incredible. And if you haven't seen it, I don't know, go see it. Like, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. So what, Matt, is our third star of the week? Dave, third star of the week is something that I am less excited to see, but I am fascinated by the existence of. Uh, they are doing a reboot of Reboot. Say again? You, you remember Reboot? Yeah. The show? Yeah, Not the concept. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, with Bob and Dot and Enzo. Enzo, right? Yes. Yeah, no, I remember... Uh, remember by Hexadecimal? Yeah, that sounds right. So they're, re- they're rebooting they're, Reboot. They're rebooting the Reboot, yeah. Um, hmm. But it's not like... It is a reboot. It seems sort of like from the ground up because... It doesn't seem to be in almost any way related to Reboot, except for the fact that uh, Megabyte does seem to be in it. It's actually a lot more like a tokusatsu show, where you you have, like, these four teens in this, like, fancy high school who get teleported, who will, like, go in and out of virtual reality to fight the monsters who are in there before they can invade the real world with their technology— Now, here's the thing about that. It doesn't sound like Reboot. It does sound like either VR Troopers or Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. And I don't know why they didn't just reboot one of those. Yeah. It's like, guys, you've already got a show that is that thing. So... I don't know. I mean, I'm excited to... I, I guess I am excited to watch at least the first episode of it because... I do love Reboot, and as anyone who listens to this show probably knows, I really like tokusatsu shows. So, like, that seems to be something I would be into. I just don't know if it's too great taste that go great together. Hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, I'm not gonna... I won't knock it till I try it, I guess. But... Anyway, that's it. I I just wanted the excuse to say the words Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. (laughs) (laughs) Do, Do you remember that one? Man, that was, I think they were doing a Power Rangers thing. Because remember when Power Rangers was new? It was like Big Bad Beetleborgs and VR Troopers and Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Yeah. All trying to like jump off Tap of that same that. format. Mm-hmm. But all yes. using like different Japanese tokusatsu shows. Right. Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, I think, was a Ultraman season. Oh. But they did Ultraman in America. Yeah, but they weren't doing Ultraman in America at the time. They had done Ultraman in America in, like, the 70s, I think. I don't know. I mean, I remember toys from when we were as a kid. Okay, this is very quickly veering off track. Um, but that is weird about Reboot. But, like, who knows? We'll check it out. Yeah, man. Um, anyway, what is our fourth star of the week? So, Matt, our fourth star of the week. Um, man, let me just share a struggle I'm having with you guys. It's not a real struggle. Don't worry. So, you know I'm not playing video games anymore, right? Right. Uh, I've just like demonstrated to myself that that's not just like a healthy way that I can live my life. Other people can, I can't. Great for you. Anyways, I am dying a tiny bit inside, Matt. Okay. Because I just found I'm out. Sorry. It's fine. I'm not actually. Everything is fine. Uh, I am dying a tiny bit because 
I just discovered that they have done a fully remastered 3D, like, from the ground up, Secret of Mana. Oh, that that's going to be trouble for you. It does. It hurts me deep in my heart. Secret of Mana is one of my... It's like one of my all-time favorite games. It Okay, so if somehow you are listening to this show and you are not our mother and you've never played Secret of Mana, hi, one person. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there are people listening to this show who are young enough that they missed it on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, that's potential. Okay, so Secret of Mana was just like this really seminal RPG. Uh, it had introduced all sorts of super cool elements. You had three characters. You could play at co-op. There were nine different weapons that you could collect and then you could you got like power orbs to level up the weapons and then each individual character also like leveled up their skill with the weapons all right and then there were there you had a fighter character sort of dude and then two casters kind of you had like a support healy caster and then you had like a damagey caster yeah and each of them there were nine I think different like elements and then each element had three spells and you could level up each spell individually. And then if you got each spell to like its highest possible level, you got like a special animation for the spell and it did like way more damage and stuff. And uh, you had like a flying dragon that you summoned with a drum. Uh, the story didn't make any sense. By the way, now what when you when I want you the listener to know that when Dave says that you can do this, what he meant was I did do this. Oh yeah, I did all of that. This this is the one game I've ever seen Dave like almost like one hundred percent everything on. There was one, and it still it still bugs me a tiny bit. There is like one power orb for one of the weapons. That, like, you can only get it in this one dungeon. Because the big the game is, like, big and sort of, like, roamy. It's, it broke a lot of ground as far as, like, an open world sort of game uh, environment. Like, you could just kind of travel around and do all sorts of different things. And so you could revisit almost all the environments. But there was, like, one dungeon. And you could only go to it once. Because, like, when you defeated it, it, like, sunk beneath the ocean. And, like, that was it forever. And there was one power orb for the whip. That mm -hmm. you couldn't get anyplace else. And, like, I just missed it because I didn't know. And uh, and I only ever got the whip to level seven. And it still super bugs me out when I think about chain. it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, anyways, I'm not going to replay it. Because, again, this is, your, this is your opportunity. You can finally go back to that dungeon. I could. I could do it. Uh, there's only... This is, like, the one thing that really has tempted me. I think when CD Projekt Red finally comes out with Cyberpunk 2077... That's going to be a rough one to pass up, and mm -hmm. whenever Bethesda finally gets around to making the Elder next Elder Scrolls game, is going to be is going to be a tough one to not play. Um, who knows? Maybe I'll dip back in. Uh, I probably shouldn't do that, but maybe I will. So, what, Matt, is our fourth star of the week? Fourth star of the week is another video game thing. It's one that I oh. have been playing though. Um, Dave, I got myself a a, a copy of Owlboy. Never heard Are of you. It. Are you familiar with Owlboy? You're not. Okay. Nope. Um, okay. Here's the deal with Owlboy. Owlboy is a. It's sort of like a Metroidvania side scrollery, like dungeon exploring game. Okay. Cool. Fun. Um, but the but it is gorgeous. It's it's like an old sort of like pixel art thing. Um, and it's all like it's all two D. It's all on one plane, right? But oh, nice. you okay. are you are in this world of sort of like clouds and like floating islands and stuff and so the depth of field on the background it does that sort of like parallax view where like you know in uh link to the past when you're like up on top of uh mount doom and you walk and like the tree line on the horizon moot like shifts at a different rate because it's far away yeah 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 it's Love that it. but it's like five layers deep and it's like beautiful no. colors and like amazing music uh That's the story rad. The story is really fun. You play an owl, which is like a weird sort of magic Jedi thing in this world. Um, Wait, sorry. You play an actual owl or that no, is like a title that you have? You play like an owl person. Okay. Um, And Rad. you yourself don't actually have any like attacking abilities. You can like jump and fly around, uh, which makes the platforming element interesting because like 
there's no falling because you can fly. So they have to sort of like force you through these like sort of tight corridors whenever they want to make it tricky, um, okay. they, which is done really well. But what instead you do is you can summon like one of three different companions to like carry around and that guy can shoot. Huh. Um, okay. Yeah, it's... I, I don't have a ton to say about it other than just like, hey, here's a recommendation. If you like like beautiful pixel art side-scroller games, uh, go play Owlboy. It's super charming and really fun. I spent like... You know how you said that uh, like playing video games is something you decided you could not do healthily? Mm-hmm. Uh, norm- I think that typically... Uh, that's not me. I think that I can uh, sort of regulate that pretty well. Except that once every couple of months, I will just spend an entire Saturday playing a video game. And that was yesterday. I played... I think I probably played 12 hours of this game. Holy bananas. Yeah, I know. Maybe 11. I didn't go to bed until pretty late, though. Anyway, uh, yeah, dudes, check out Owlboy. Owlboy rules. Uh, You know what else rules, Dave? Oh, you're not kidding, man. This game is gorgeous. Yeah. Sorry, I just... just, The the animation of, like, the dude's wing cloak whenever you're, like, moving around. Like, it just moves in a very satisfying way. Anyway. Yeah, this is a super pretty game. Anyways. uh, Do you know what You know what else is super pretty? Oh, there you go. Nice. Uh, it's O-Ranger. Uh, we're watching episode 15. It's called My Friend, Rest in Passion. Uh, we're gonna watch that, and we'll be right back. Uh, welcome back. This show rules. Holy crap. Holy crap, dude. Um, yeah, let's, I mean, we're going to obviously talk about it in great detail, but quick gut check, Dave. Um, is this the, is this so far the best episode of this show? Yeah, this is absolutely the best episode of this show uh, so far. This is, dude, this I feel like is, is in pretty strong contention for maybe the best, best episode of Sentai we've ever seen. Uh, um, I actually, there was one of our uh, Twitter followers, uh, Livebird555. Who a week or two ago, or I think it was about a week ago, messaged me and was like, hey, um, just so you know, there is an episode coming up next week that is potentially the best to- like Super Sentai episode of all time. Um, and it is a total like tonal whiplash from the last couple of like weird goofy episodes. Uh, and it's true, but I think that the, the, the tonal whiplash makes this hit so much harder. I was going to say, like, if I were expecting it or, like, I'd seen it coming, I don't think it would have been uh, quite as crazy. Yeah, it's as though this episode was written in, like, the first couple of weeks and they never got around to filming it. And then they're like, well, we made this show weird and goofy, but we were sitting on this real, like, barn burner of an episode that we got to put out at some point. Yeah. And so they just um, dropped it in here in the middle of, like, like weird clown shoes episodes, which I loved. I loved those, like, weird, insane episodes, but uh, this is not that. Yeah, dude. Well, okay. Um, So, man, let's just, let's just get into it. Yeah. Oh, uh, so, we start on the moon. Yeah, we start on the moon. Things are nuts. So, the uh, the first thing that we see is, like, a shot of all of the... It's like the standard shot that we've seen of, like, Machine Empire stuff just, like, happening. Like, they're making bar soldiers. People are, like, stomping around doing doing machine stuff. Uh, but we hear Emperor Bacchus Wrath saying in the background to destroy any duds. He's like, crush anything that is not, like, up to snuff. Only the elite machines deserve to exist in my, in my empire. Yeah, build the robots faster. Um, if you slack off in, like, the robot factories, uh, you'll be destroyed. Any robot that has any sort of foolish emotions will automatically get sent to the junk heap. Like, we need to, like, start off, like, the hardest thing possible. Okay, so, like, that one tiny statement is crazy. Because, okay, we've only seen, I think, like, two robots with emotion, okay, Obviously, like, Bacchus Wrath and them get, like, angry. So they're right. fine with that sort of emotion, apparently. But um, They're fine with their seen... own emotions, not other people's. Yeah, so we've only seen two robots so far that have any sort of, like, uh, emotion. It's, it's the Cactus Brothers, that they have, like, this yeah. feeling for each other. 
And they're destroyed, if you recall, and they're destroyed. And Bacchus Rath says, like, I want you to basically autopsy them and figure out, like, what went wrong with with all of this. Like, why do they have these emotions? Oh, uh, here's here's a quick fact for you. The dude who wrote that episode wrote this episode. Oh, okay. Well, that actually, that makes a ton of sense. And he was also, like, one of the head writers on Jetman. Oh, well, whoever that guy is, he rules. Um, uh, Toshiki Inoue, I think. I, I'm probably saying it wrong, but... Okay, well, I'm a big fan. So anyways, what this means... But, like, their factory, he's talking about... He's he's talking about, I would assume, like, Barris soldiers. Because we are seeing Barris soldiers, like, dumped into this scrap heap that oh, he's yeah, talking there's about. A, there's a shot of, like, a bulldozer just shoving piles of ruined Barris soldiers. So... What that means is that, like, whatever it is that's causing these Barra soldiers or whatever other robots to have emotions, it's not like a one-off, right? Because it's not just the Cactus Brothers. And on top of that, it's not something that's, like, part of the factory process because presumably the factory process happens the exact same way every time. Yeah. And it's not something that's limited to... The like the more important robots, right? It's not just the monster of the week. It's also these Barra soldiers who are just like piled up because one of them learned to love, I guess. Yeah. So, so what's happening, guys? Are there just like, are just do just like random Barra soldiers get souls out of nowhere for some reason? Uh, I mean, we will revisit that at the very end of this episode, but I think the answer is maybe yes. Yeah, okay. So we, we're seeing this scrap heap, and we hear this voice say, like, oh, help me. And there's some, like, general sort of noises. And we see, like, a couple of robot parts kind of, like, reach out and grab onto other robot parts. And then there's one spot where there's, like, this kind of cool little animation where, like, a leg pulls up into, like, the bottom of a leg pulls up into the top of a leg. Mm-hmm. And this robot creature is kind of assembling itself yeah. around I, what we would assume is, like, some sort of central hub that was still alive and was, like had enough volition to, like, rebuild itself in in some way? Yeah, so, like, it stumbles out of the junk heap and goes straight for the throne room. Like, yeah. we cut up to the throne room, and we see Bacchus Wrath is up there by himself. Like, two or three Barra soldiers just get, like, destroyed and knocked over. And this dude, who we are introduced to as Barra Revenger, rolls in, and he's like, what's up? It is time to die. <laughs> yeah, uh, so he has, like, some big spikes, like, on his shoulders, and he's got, like, one big spike, like, arm. And other than that, he he does, he looks sort of, like, patched together. Like, he's got a sort of cohesive vibe, but, uh, you know, he's but got, the like, look an upside-down skull face on one yeah, half of his like head, like an eye patch. Yeah, so he he shows up, and he's like, you tried to destroy me and anyone else like me, but Revenger says, time to die. And he just attacks Emperor Bacchus Wrath. And we find out that Bacchus Wrath is not necessarily like a hereditary emperor here. Yeah, he may have I fought really his way like to the this. Top. Yeah, he is no slouch. Because like, like, he looks like a, like, a, like a big, rotund... He doesn't look like the sort of dude who you would expect to be good in a fight, right? Yeah. This is not, like, gray or, you know... Yeah, he is not, like, a sleek-looking combat bot. Uh, but Emperor Bacchus Wrath can throw down. Like, this, like to the degree that this is not a contest. Like, Barra Revenger shows up to fight Bacchus Wrath and gets whooped. Yeah, and he's, he's telling them, like, I was re- resurrected by my hatred and cannot return to my slumber until you were destroyed. At which point, Bacchus Wrath is like, how dare you, like, speak above your station to me, your king. It hits yeah. him so hard that not only does he fly out of the window of the throne room, he gets hit so hard that he fly like, he lands on Earth. Yeah, he gets punched to Earth and then just lands. So, uh, what we see, we don't see him land, actually. We just sort of see him, like, turn into an energy blip and, and hit the planet. What we do see... It's a fun park. Yeah. 
Hey, it's Yuji. It's his day off. Just hanging and, out in some uh, his civvies. Got a red yeah. t-shirt, black jacket, blue jeans. I just want to say, first of all, huge. It's a good look. It, yeah. it actually dates well, surprisingly. Like, I feel like his look has kind of come around. He's got some good boots, like some cool, like, uh, kind of fashion boots and a black jacket. Yeah, and, that uh, look has held up a lot better than Goro's civvies from a few episodes ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks good. And he's like, man, he's like, I feel like I, because he's looking at some other people that are, are couples. And he says, man, I feel like I really wasted my day off here. I wish yeah. I had a girlfriend. Which I just want to say, Yuji, you are a literal superhero that saves, like, and like a public one that saves the world literally on a weekly basis. I feel like if if you don't have a girlfriend, it's because you have put in zero effort. I am I am one hundred percent confident that Yuji could find somebody that would be interested in being his girlfriend. Hey man, he's uh, he's Anyways. busy all the time. You know that's true. You, you, you got to be able to dedicate some, you know, some of your time to the other person. So, and he anyways, just doesn't have that to offer, and it's, yeah. it makes him sad. He and he, as he's chilling out, and he's sort of bumming, bumming on himself. Uh, this dog, this dog rolls up, and it is an adorable little Shih Tzu, which are super cute dogs. And he's like, "Oh, what's up, buddy? How's it going?" And he just immediately, well, he doesn't adopt this dog immediately. He sort of like pets it. And he's like, "Oh, that's a cute dog." And then he gets a call at his communicator, and it's the chief. And the chief is like, hey, there is something going down at the power station. Go check it out immediately. He's like, all right, cool. I'm on my way. So he runs over, and he's got his ranger bike. He just, like, chilled. Like, that is just his primary mode of transportation, apparently, Mm -hmm. which I love. And he does take the time to, just in, like, an alley, change into his ranger uniform, which is, I don't know, maybe they're supposed to be, like, coveralls. Like, you just put it on whatever other clothes you're wearing, but that seems weird. Yeah, although I do like the idea, like, well, I'm going to work, time to put on my uniform. Yeah, he doesn't, but he doesn't even, like, step into a phone booth. So, either it's a coverall or, like, you just strip down in an alleyway. Either one of those <laughs> things is kind of I can definitely see either. Yeah. Uh, but as he's about to get on the bike, the dog comes around. He's like, oh, buddy, like, you want to come with me? Rad. Like, new pal. So, he takes the dog, he names the dog Shiro immediately, by the way. Mm-hmm. And so he takes the dog and uh, and he and he shows up and and he drives away. So the next thing we see is Bara Revenger, and he is in in the power station. Yeah, and he has just like plugged himself into a bunch of machines, and he's trying to absorb as much power out of this as he can. He's got like a little power dial on his chest to see like how strong he is because he's trying to get enough energy that he can go back and re-challenge uh, Bacchus Wrath. Yeah, he says, I, he's like, I just need, I need more power. So the rangers arrive, and they're like, hey, Baranoia monster, like, we see what you're doing, like, we won't let you, we won't let you, we'll stop you. And Bar Revenger is like, he's like, hey, no, um, he's like, no, I hate Bacchus Wrath, I am not from Baranoia, like, yes, I am a giant robot, I'm sort of from Baranoia, but I'm not. He doesn't right. say My only that. enemy is Bacchus Wrath. I don't want to fight you. And he just like jumps off the roof and runs away. Yeah, like he doesn't even, he does nothing. He just books it. And so the rangers are like, oh, we chase. So they chase him. And, uh, but he gets away. He gets away. And uh, they're like down and they're, they're looking around and they don't see him. Uh, so the next thing we see is Shiro, the dog. Oh, yeah, because they are, at this point, they have shifted from trying to find Burrow Avenger to trying to find Shiro, because Shiro has run away during the course of this confrontation. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love the quickness, the speed with which they abandon the search for Burrow Avenger. They're like, well, they don't see him right now, so he's gone forever. But the dog is somewhere around here. So they're looking for Shiro, and we actually see Shiro. We find him before he, they do, and he's running across the street. He's about to get hit by a car. Oh, no, Dave. Oh, no. And the Rangers are nowhere in sight, but you know who is here, Matt? It's Barrow Revenger. It's Barrow Revenger. And he saves Shiro. So. There's like a diving tackle to like scoop him out of the street before the car runs him over. Yeah. So, which is great because you saved a dog. So now we know you're good. So, right. So, therefore, you are a good person. You have saved man's favorite genetically engineered friend. And you are therefore, you are therefore a good person. So Yuji's still looking for Shiro, and he shows up in a park, and he's just sort of, like, calling for him. And first of all, you gotta applaud the confidence with which he's doing it, because he gave that dog that name 
five minutes before that dog ran away, and he's expecting that dog to answer to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, which he doesn't. But he sees Barra Revenger with Shiro. Yeah, and they're just sort of chilling in the park. They're just chilling out. Right. He's just like, the dog isn't freaking out. He's just sort of like being pet, which is very cool. And so Yuji sees him, and he's like, hmm. He's like, well, if you like dogs... And if and Shiro dogs likes like you. you, then, then maybe like okay, like Shiro or Yuji also admits he's like, well, you did save the dog, so like you're automatically a good person. He's like, maybe I need to, I need to revisit what's happening. Yeah, and Barrett Revenger at this point gives us a, gives Yuji a little flashback on what we saw earlier. Like, oh yeah, you know, I'm I'm a Barrett robot. I was resurrected by my hatred. I'm made of like parts of rejected robots. Yeah. Um, if you, man, just, sorry, I'm thinking about Shiro, and then I'm thinking about, like, all my favorite, like, dog, like, fiction dogs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I am remembering, remember in Fable 2? Yes, how I you got do a remember dog? Fable 2. Yeah, how you got a dog? Yeah, I named that dog Hugo. Oh, that's a good name for a dog. Yeah. Oh, I named my dog Argos because anytime a game gives me an opportunity to name a dog, I always name it Argos because that's okay. the name of Odysseus's dog. And, and the uh, name of Xena's horse. Hmm. I think. Or that maybe that's Argo. Doesn't matter. Anyway. Anyways. Yeah, and then at the very end. <laughs> so spoilers for Fable 2, I guess. Yeah, uh, spoilers for Fable 2 for this very old game. At the very end of the game, like you get like a wish, right? And you're so what's happened is your dog has died. So, but, like, all this other stuff has happened. And at the very end of the game, you get a wish. And you can either get, like, a gajillion gold pieces. Mm-hmm. Like, more gold than you could possibly use. You can, like, save everyone else. Or you can save your dog. Like, you can bring your dog back to life. And so everyone just brings the dog back to life, Yeah, right? everybody brings like, the dog back to life. Right. Or they don't admit that they did it. Like that they took the money because like what sort of monster are you? Um, <laughs> but it was a tough moment because it was like no, actually, you know what it was is I didn't. I saved everybody else, but I looked at that screen for a really long time, like longer, <laughs> longer than I care to admit that I felt like I needed to moralize over a fictional dog. No, I, um, I took just as long as it needed to for me to rationalize saving the saving the computer dog instead of saving the computer people. <laughs> so anyways, um Barra Barra Revenger, he, like he sort of has the same feeling. He's like, "All right, well, well maybe I actually need to reevaluate my view of humans, of people like you that like you're not just going to attack me like maybe this maybe this you guys are all right." And so Shiro sort of like runs back to Yuji and then Abara Revenger just borns out. Like yeah. Yuji looks up and he's gone. Um, really, so, your go-to on that is Jason Bourne, not Batman? Yeah, I guess it is. Huh. I hadn't thought about that until you said it, but yeah, it totally is. Well, because there's the scene where he's there, there's the bus. Like, he just does it. You know what it is? Is like, Batman does totally do it, but uh, Bourne is a movie, and Batman does it in comics, and so it's a more visually... Like, I sort of get the visual of it a little bit more. Anyways. I, I'm also so, now just learning that you have apparently never heard of a Batman movie. <laughs> no, I'm just... Listen. Um, Matt, no, this listen, is a Marvel... I, it, listen, it's listen, exciting. This we is get a to... Marvel... This is a Marvel Comics movie podcast, <laughs> not a DC Comics movie podcast. So, from there, back to the moon. And Ancha is furious. Furious that Barbara Revenger exists. Like, he takes his existence as some sort of offense. Yeah. And uh, Bacchus Wrath says, well, okay, yeah, I mean, like, yes, I am also furious. Go kill him. And Ancha says, no, 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 no. He says, that would be boring. I got a better plan. Let me deal with this. Yeah. So we cut back down to Earth. And uh, Barrow Avenger has gone to another power station and is absorbing all the energy from that. But... The this time he is not confronted by the O Rangers. He's just confronted by the armed guards of this power station. Right. Well, which, sorry. Which he's actually, are legion. There are like fifteen armed guards just standing by the gate of this place with like super heavy weaponry. Although 
let's give okay, there've been a lot of paranoia attacks so maybe okay, like you would true. also step that up defense um, so These people got that paranoia paranoia that was really good <laughs> um so actually Matt, that's not so quite accurate he would like to be absorbing the power he's not doing it yet because what we see is him actually sort of like making his way to the the power station and they're trying to stop him and so he like busts through the gate and he's like stomping forward but very pointedly he is not hurting any of the guards. Yeah, like they are shooting at him and he is not fighting back, even though we know he could. Yeah, he's got he's got like crazy paranoia robot powers. And so the guards are firing on him and he's sort of like trying to he's still trying to like make his way forward, but again, he's not attacking. And they are like they unleash with like fully automatic fire. Like they are wrecking Barra Revenger. Yeah. And uh, he goes down. Like, he just, he cannot take the damage. And as they are about to finish, because he, but he's still, like, moving. And as they are about to finish him off, Yuji runs up. Who knows why Yuji is there, or how he knew where Barra Revenger was, or or what. But he's there now. And because, as sure. Yeah. And as they're about to kill Barra Revenger, he's like, oh, wait, 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 hold on. He pulls out his ID badge. He's like, listen, I'm Yuji from the O-Rangers. And everyone, like, stops and salutes him. And this is like, uh, this guy, like, stop killing this dude. This guy's cool. Like, like isn't he a Baron? Like, you are an O-Ranger, and this dude is from Baranoia. What's the deal, buddy? He's just like, he doesn't explain. He's like, no, 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 it's, it's fine. And he just leaves. <laughs> like, he helps Bar Revenger up, and he just leaves. So we go from there to the quarry. Which we haven't seen in a little while. Yeah, I gotta admit... Haven't. It Maybe was a they just missed heartwarming. It. it was. I don't know why they're there. It it makes no sense, but whatever. And so they're in the quarry, and Barra Revenger is dying. Like this is it. He has sustained too much damage, and he doesn't have enough energy to like heal himself. Yeah. And Yuji is looking down at him, like weeping, right? Because he like he's like this is the one Baranoia guy that. That it, like, there's hope, maybe. Like, this dude is great. And he doesn't know what to do. And Bar Revenge is like, I just, I don't have the energy. Like, I can't, I can't make it through. Yuji pulls out his, like, power thing. Removes his Choriki energy crystal. Puts it in Bar Revenge's hand. Clasps Bar Revenge's hand in his own. And says, use my Choriki energy to heal yourself. And, it, and it's a very cool, like, shot. Because what happens is, like, he is, like, forcing this Cherokee energy into... First, like, specifically, it is his blue Cherokee energy. So it's, like, this blue energy wave going into this dude. And his wounds, his robot wounds are healing up or repairing, I guess. Yeah. And as this is happening... um. Yuji is sort of flashing back and forth between regular Yuji and like uh, the O like O Blue, yeah. like just like going back and forth because there's all this like you know sparking Choriki energy, and that's how he processes Choriki energy is by transforming yeah. into an O Ranger. Oh my gosh! Okay, so he heals Barra Revenger. Barra Revenger is cool now, and Barra Revenger says, "My only enemy is Bacchus Wrath." That is a point of honor for me. Like, I do not... I'm not going to hurt anybody else. I'm only in this to kill Bacchus Wrath. And then Yuji says, let's fight together. And then Barra Revenger says, I must reconsider... This is where he says it. I screwed it up before. But he says, I must reconsider my opinion of people like you. And they do, like... They they do the, like, handshake. But not like the... They don't shake hands like, hey, great business meeting, Todd. Like, they... The hands up handshake, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the high you know, five handshake. You, you know, know the, the beginning of uh, Predator... When Arnold Schwarzenegger goes to visit Carl Weathers, he's like, what's oh, yeah, the matter, Dylan? They got you pushing too many pencils. And they do like the arm grasp thing. Like, that's yes, what this is. It's that one. It's fantastic. <laughs> Apparently, okay. I'm just doing all Schwarzenegger all the time now. Uh, you could do worse. You could do a lot worse. Yeah. So, Ancha arrives. And he's like, Barra Revenger. So, like, his ploy at first is a little bit weird. I think he's trying to, like, get Barra Revenger back on side. He's yeah. like, Barra Revenger... Like, you are a member of Baranoia. Bacchus Wrath has given you the name Barra Revenger. 
which is weird because we thought that was already his name, but whatever. You know, when, when that happened, I looked back, and I think that the reason that he was already Barrow Revenger in my notes is that there was like a title card that came up on yeah, screen. Yeah, that is, that is why. I don't think that anyone had actually called him Barrow Revenger up to that point. Yeah, so he says, I, so I think what he's trying to do is be like, oh, we like accept you now as a member of Baranoia, like fight for us and kill the Rangers. Barrow Revenger is like, I would rather die than ever fight for you. Bacchus Wrath is my enemy, and like I will destroy you all. Amazing. Yes. So the a fight begins. Yeah, because Acha and Koja have brought a bunch of Barrow soldiers. So now it is Barrow Revenger and Yuji versus the Barrow soldiers. And pretty shortly into this fight, Yuji transforms into O Blue, and I yeah. really that surprised me. Because yeah, I kind of thought he, he was going to need to, like, recharge that energy. But maybe the Choriki crystals just have unlimited energy. Well, I mean, they're powering, like, giant robots, so maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, so um, Yuji is about to take a shot, like, a real heavy explosion, and Barra Revenger saves him. He, like, sort of knocks him out of the way, and he gets shot. And then one of the Barra soldiers does a move that we haven't seen before, where his, like, head opens up and his eyes flash. And then instead of an explosion, he launches, like cog-shaped shuriken. Uh, we at... saw that in the very first episode when they were fighting oh, in the woods by the okay. campfire. Rad. So then um, that's this, and this is the point where Yuji Henshin's, and then he saves Baru Revenger, and then uh, Acha drops some like eye blast explosions, which we've never seen before. I didn't mm-hmm. know he could do that. And some Baru soldiers are like closing in on Baru Revenger, when, out of nowhere, Goro, and, like, transformed into O-Red, just does a flying jump kick off of a cliff. Yeah, it's rad. And, and then the other Ranger... Up, and, like, they're all there. Yeah. So, they, they're in the fight. It doesn't actually go for very long with them all there, because there is just a gigantic explosion. Like, there's a lot of explosions in Super Sentai shows. This one is particularly large. Uh, it, it's large enough to, like, really throw them off. They're sort of trying to recover. There's like a rock slide and all sorts of stuff is happening. And then there's a bunch of gigantic lightning bolts. Mm-hmm. And then Bacchus Wrath shows up in the flesh. Now, is this the first time that the Rangers have actually confronted Bacchus Wrath? Uh, it is. They already know exactly who he is because they're like, Bacchus Wrath. But that doesn't make any Like, there's no way they would know that. Uh, it is. It's the first time I'm pretty sure that they've seen him. And... Again, like, we just see, like, Barra Avenger is like, you! And he goes to try and fight him. And Bacchus Wrath, like, mollywops him. Like, it's, again, Bacchus Wrath is no slouch. Which, again, is it's super weird because he does not look... Like, if you knew that you were going to do this with him, I feel like they should have made him a little more battle-ready looking. Then actually, I don't know. Actually, I'm going to take that back. I think it's kind of cooler that he doesn't. Yeah, you know? and he's, he, he moves less awkwardly than Daimao did back in Cocker Ranger. It would be difficult not to. Like, you know, he is a large dude, but it's not, an, it's not as awkward of a costume. And so when yeah. he does go into an attack, like, it works a lot better. Yeah. So um, while so Bacchus Wrath sort of, like, puts Barra Avenger down for a minute... And he's sort of swarmed by Barra's soldiers. And Acha's there. And he sort of pulls off part of Barra Revenger's head and sticks a, like a control circuit to him. Like he just puts this cog thing on his head. And he's like, oh, anybody that's attached to this. And he's got a remote control. And he says, anybody attached to this remote control becomes a killing machine. Uh, which he does. Uh, I mean, not immediately. Immediately, he breaks away and tries to kill Bacchus Wrath again. Well, he turns into a killing machine. Okay, that's true. (laughs) What Acha does not know is that he's like, oh, maybe not a directed, not a directed killing machine. That is got to fiddle with the controls a little bit. Yeah. So he attacks Bacchus Wrath. It doesn't really go anywhere, and Bacchus Wrath sort of like dodges back a little bit and he says like turn up the power like turn him on the you know make him go fight the rangers but our revenger is fighting the control of this circuit like we can see the struggle but ultimately he he does lose like the power of this control circuit is too great and he attacks the rangers yeah usually i think is also trying to stop it from happening but like isn't quite able to get there in time to pull it off of his head right well yeah he's trying to and he's sort of like getting in between because the rangers are immediately like 
like, oh, okay, like this is real. This is the real Baru Avenger. Everything else was just a trick. And Goro is about ready to blast him. And Yuji's like, no, 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 like, do not do that. Like, it's like, we, we need to stop. We need to save Baru Avenger. Okay. Mm hmm. And uh, Bar Avenger is sort of like fighting them, and Yuji, and he, and now I think he's cut, sort of convinced the other Rangers are sort of trying to like dodge backwards. Well, the Again, other Rangers all then get knocked off like down the cliff into the quarry. So it's just Bar yeah. Avenger and Yuji sort of fighting on the ledge up there. Yeah, and so Bar Avenger stabs O Blue, and Blue like grabs this spike to stop himself from being stabbed any further, and he says. And he sort of like remembers Baru Revenger saying, my only enemy is Bacchus Wrath. And like, I don't hurt anybody else. And that that's a point of honor for me. Mm-hmm. And Yuji says out loud, he's like, I will defend your honor. And he attacks Baru Revenger. Right. He's like, I, I now recognize that this thing has a hold of you. And so like, we're going to have to fight you. But since you and I like, like have forged this relationship... I won't let anyone else do it. Right. And he's like, I, I like the fact that he says, I will, de- he, atta- he says, I will defend your honor and then attacks him because he's like, ultimately what I'm going to have to do is if you can't beat the circuit, I'm going to have to kill you to stop you from hurting anybody else. Because I know that's what you would have wanted. Like, yeah. I know you would rather die than hurt anybody else. I'm gonna have to kill you to do it. So he drops an attack called, so like they fight for a minute and he drops an attack called Crashing Rolling Bomber, where he, like, jumps up and then, like, spins a bunch and turns into, like, a big blue sphere of energy. It's sort of a uh, Sonic the Hedgehog attack. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, I kind of wish he hadn't said that, actually. Sorry, man. It was much cooler before he said that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 100, but he just Sonic Sam. It's less cool, um, but it's a little more radical now. I might never forgive you for that, <laughs> uh, And then he pulls out, and then he has, like, Lightning Tantras, which is very cool. And so, and so, Bar Revenger's on his last legs. He's like, this is it. He's, he's sort of staggering. And this is where it gets truly amazing. Yeah, because at this point, the rest of the O-Rangers rejoin Yuji. And they're like, okay, summon the giant roller. And the giant roller lands. And Goro's about to hop in it and just finish off Barrel Revenger. Right. And Yuji, like, puts his hand on it, on Goro. He's like, Captain, you've got to let me do this. And Goro's like, no, you can't. It's too dangerous. Which, like, I'm glad they actually threw that line in there because it makes sense as to why, like, Goro always does it. Like, he has some sort of special training or something. Who knows? Mm -hmm. And Yuji's like, no, I get it. But, like, you have to let me do this. And Goro's like, okay. Like, I get it. So Blue, oh, Blue, jumps in the giant roller. And he does it. And he takes out Barrow Revenger. That's so good. It's so good. So Ancha and Co- like Ancha and Bacchus Wrath and all the Barra soldiers are gone at this point. And so Barra Revenger is, is down. This is it. And so they like they run over, they're unhensioned. Uh oh like Yuji like leaps out of the explosion. And he also is like hurt pretty badly. Like yeah. whatever he did, like he got the attack off, but like he didn't do it quite right. Well, it doesn't have the and practice. So, it's a very right, dangerous so, Dave. <laughs> and he runs over, and the other Rangers there. And he leans down next to Barrow Avenger, and he's like, he's weeping, right? He's super sad. And Barrow Avenger looks up at him, and he's like, "Why are you sad? You did a good." I'm quoting, by the way. This is I'm, this is not paraphrase. This is exactly what he says because I wrote it down. He says, "Why are you sad? You've done a good thing. You defended my honor. My soul will remain with you until the day you defeat Bacchus Wrath." Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. This robot got a soul, apparently. Yup. Apparently so. So, like, do all of them, or do just, like, this guy and the Cactus Brothers, and the other, like, well, junk heap full of brothers, old Barra soldiers? Right, and then, and then an entire scrapyard full of sold and sold robots. So that's great. Um, yeah. So, and Yuji's like, oh my gosh, like, this is so rough. So when he and, says, like, an, I'll be with you until you defeat Bacchus Wrath... Then Yuji's like, I promise, we will do it. Like, like we, we will, will defeat Bacchus Wrath. And then Barrow Ranger stands up, and he says, I was born of scrap, and to scrap I now return. And he starts to, like, slowly, like, sort of stumble, walk away. And Yuji goes to follow him, and Goro puts a hand on Yuji's shoulder. And he's like, no, man. Like, 
let him do this. You know, like let him do this alone. Yeah. Let him like have a warrior's death. I don't know. Okay. I don't know why it's powerful, but it is. The good ending to this kind of episode, which is the monster going, literally going off by himself into the sunset. Which, Dave, has there ever been an episode with the monsters going off into the sunset that was not an amazing episode? I don't think there has been. Because I know what happened with this. I know what happened with the last episode with Jin the Demon Fist, which apparently was also the same author or the same writer. Was it seriously? Yeah. I don't know if I like Super Sentai or if I just like the episodes that this guy wrote in the 90s. I don't know, but this guy crushes it. Um, um, so, so Bar- and, and of course, with the Three Stooges. And so, Barra Revenger, he finds like a scrap yard, like a scrap heap. And Shiro, the dog, finds him, lies down at his feet, and like, is like licking his feet. Yeah. Bar Avenger like leans over and he like pets Shiro one last time and then the light in his like the literal light in his eyes because he's a robot like fades down and then he crumbles like like, like whatever energy was mm-hmm. holding together his scrap form fades and he like and he, rusts and falls like parts of him fall to dust parts of him just sort of like dis- disconnect from each other. Yeah helicopter pan out in silence as like shiro the dog walks away in the sunset from this like collapsed junk heap that was formerly barrow revenger holy crap yeah dude this show is great uh so man like i said this is um this is like in the running for for one of the best episodes of super sentai i've ever seen um, it was amazing. So, uh, but, that, but that's the end of the episode, Dave. But it is not, of course, the end of our episode. Yeah. So the question, of course, is 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 where does Barra Revenger fit on on the Monster of the Week list? And I mean, obviously, I I think he's way way up there. Okay. What is your floor for this? Who Dude, do you think I, is absolutely not better than him? I gotta be honest, Matt. Um, what, like when I'm looking at this list, my my real question is: Is it Jin the Demon Fist? Is it the Three Stooges? Or is it Barrow Avenger? Like, like is that top one through four slot gonna get moved around at all? Or is Barrow Avenger gonna come in at, at new number five? I am like that's to... where I'm at, man. Okay, here's the thing. Now it's and been I'm, a I'm... while since we watched Die Ranger. Yeah, uh, and frankly, it's been a while since we've talked about the Three Stooges or Jin the Demon Fist because they've been at the top of this list for so long. Deservedly so. And I think that the reason that those characters have stayed at the top of the list for as long as they have is that they got like full character, like they got full multi-episode character arcs. Yes. Um, whereas Barrow Revenger is... Okay, you know what I think is a good... And I think that Barrow Revenger is better than this. But uh, remember Media Magician? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that, that was a really good... That's a good comparison. Who it comes yeah. in at slot number 15, actually. Yeah. Uh, I think, like I said, I think that Barrow Revenger is better than that. But I think that just based on the fact that he only gets one episode, it makes it very difficult for me to think he's a better character than Jin or any of the three stooges. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I can get behind that and then I'm looking, but like right into that is space time mammoth, which is an incredible monster and incredible episode. But like, man, it just didn't hit me like Barra Revenger. Yeah. Yeah. That's true, man. It, it, you know, it really, because the problem that we run into with this list sometimes is that you get a character like Barrow Revenger, who is a great character with actually a very cool look. Um, and that's, and, you know, it's an amazing, like, this is a heartfelt episode. Like, this is one of those, like, if you want to, like, experience real emotions while watching a Tokusatsu show, like, this is a great episode to do it with. Yeah. Um, Space Time Mammoth is a time-traveling elephant man who lives in a volcano and eats gemstones and has a clock on his forehead. And so you just got to decide which of those things you want to reward more. Hmm. Hmm. It's, uh, listen, I, 
I've already made my I've already made my piece, man. I just like this episode was so good. Like it was so good. It was so crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well let's do it. Let's put him at number five, right under the yeah. the third of the three Stooges. Okay, so Baru Revenger knocking Space Time Mammoth out of that number five slot. Been a while. Been a while he's been on there coming at new number five. All right, man. Uh, exciting. Man, good episode. Good episode Really this good week. episode. Uh, but that is going to do it for this episode of For Your Eyes, O-Ranger. Uh, before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all that you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out what we're talking about on Twitter... Or still, explain to me what is going on with Power Rangers. Uh, I'm still a little hazy on this. Uh, we are on Twitter, at Super Sentai Bros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Uh, rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you find the show, as that helps people uh, find it, because it gets featured more. Or featured at all. I don't know if it's ever been featured anywhere, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it certainly cool. can't hurt. And it would make me feel good. Uh, anyway, the Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To catch out any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do so at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth. <laughs>